It is Wednesday, April 19th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Draymond Green suspended for game three. And Devin Booker and the Suns even things up. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Draymond Green suspended for game three. The Suns beat the Clippers, even up their series at a game apiece. And the Cavaliers stomp on Scott's Knicks. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, it's certainly not going to be the Cavs beating the what? Knicks, I can tell you that much. My Cavs, your Knicks? Let's yeah. talk about it. No, we we have to talk about the situation going on with the Warriors and Draymond Green as we welcome in the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. And Fez, this situation is right up your alley because this was a professional better's dream, maybe a, a lesson learned or lesson taught to the average Joe I want to explain what went down. So we recorded the Dream Preview podcast last night. And as, you know, we're watching the Suns game, and I'm on Twitter, and I see this flash from the NBA. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green has been suspended one game without pay for stepping on the chest of Sacramento Kings center DeMontis Sabonis. It goes on to say Green's actions were in response to Sabonis grabbing and holding Green's right ankle, all this stuff, whatever. But they also say the suspension was based in part on Green's history of unsportsmanlike acts. Now, AJ and I, we debated whether or not we thought he was going to be suspended. Should he be suspended? Whatever. The fact is, he is now suspended for Game 3. So as we're recording the Dream Preview last night, which if you're not subscribed to RJ Bell's Dream Preview feed, do it. Search R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, press follow, you'll be subscribed. Anyway, the line on the game was Warriors minus seven and a half. The news breaks, Fez takes out his phone. And immediately, he's ignoring us doing the podcast. What podcast? Because he is firing away. On the Kings plus seven and a half. How many different books did you get Kings plus seven and a half? As? One pop at plus seven and a half. One pop at plus seven. Okay. Yeah. It is now down to Warriors minus six. And even five and a halfs flashing. Starting to like the Warriors. Going to bet them. Well, that's that's the idea here. But you. <laughs> I, had, I bet it at five. You had night. said You had said to us, this is how you win money, sports betting. Explain. You win money by closing line value. In any one case, closing line value can fail. But in the long run, when you make a bet that is better your spread than what the line closes at by a significant margin, can't just be by half a point, but by a significant margin, you're going to get the money. Example, tonight, I had Phoenix minus seven. Well, I played back some of the other guys, the Clippers plus eight and a half at post, and I even got even better numbers plus nine half lay a dollar twenty five. You put together portfolios like that, and it's like you don't even like sweat it. It's like you just know it's going to middle enough of the time. You got your Cleveland minus four, which I gave out to my clients, and then you get the Knicks at plus six and a half. You put together portfolios like that, you're gonna win. It's just a you're gonna win every year. You're not gonna win every night. You're not gonna win every week. You are pretty much gonna win every month if you're on top of it. But you have to be in the mindset like you are, Scott. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're following this maniacally. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of lazy about this. I follow the screen. So like I saw Giannis was like downgraded. How did I know Giannis was downgraded? Well, I didn't get it on Twitter, and I would have given myself an extra 10 seconds, but I just see, oh, 411 just took this off the off the board. Yeah. What's going on here? And I see it tick down. I'm like, oh, I the writing's on the wall. Giannis probably isn't gonna play. And so I I, I grabbed some stale numbers there. That is how people make real money. They call it steam chasing. Mm-hmm. Gets you kicked out of some books, but it is where it's really effective is if you actually know the players and you know Draymond Green's worth about a point, the player has to be worth a point for this yeah. to be worthwhile. And 
or at least perceived to be worth a point. Yes, and Gold started McKenzie, who was saying, I thought this was very perceptive. He was like, oh, be sure not to bet the under. Like, if Steph was out, you'd bet the under immediately. But Draymond, it probably is going to help the over, if anything, mm-hmm. having him, you know, and, and his anemic offense and his good defense out of there. So at five and a half now, looks like across the board, the Warriors are a play. I think the Warriors were a play at seven. I think the Warriors were are a play now at five and a half. You buy back on the Golden State Warriors. What's the thought process behind buying back on the Golden State Warriors? Are you trying? Are you hoping for that two point middle, or are you just you're just getting a better number? Well, I, I start out. What do I think the number should be? Mm-hmm. All right, and I kind of liked Golden State, frankly, before this all this all started. All right, yeah. I like to be fair. I thought I like Golden State minus seven. I think, I think we all did. I think yeah. seven and a half. I'm. I think seven point six. Okay, would have been the correct line. All right. So without Draymond, let's make it six point six. Fine. All right. Well, if I think the line should be six point six and I can lay five and a half, well, that's a solid bet. That's like a fifty-four point three percent bet. I know I'm throwing numbers. We call it fifty-four percent. So think about this. So all right, I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet a fifty-four percent bet. Full Kelly criterion. That's about a three percent ROI. Which means if I bet half Kelly, it'd be like one percent and a half percent of ROI. But right off the bat, well, I got to cover the bet I already made, mm-hmm. so I can make. I'm going to bet if I bet two units already on the dog, I'm going to bet two units on the favorite. That gets me flat. Well, now I like Golden State. I'm going to bet another unit on Golden State or another unit and a half um, because that's the side I want to have more on right now. And that's just how. I mean, that's that's my my rationale. And a lot depends. If, is everybody dealing five and a half? Are, is it half five and a half, half six? Is it half five, half five and a half? Pulling back the curtain. I love betting game where the market can't agree on exactly what the number is. Mm. So if everybody has a game, example, last night, pretty much every book had Phoenix laying eight. But there were eight and a halves, and there were seven and a halves at select books. And that almost wipes out all the VIG to get a free half point. A half point this time of year is worth like eight and a half cents. So... I can't emphasize enough the value of getting better numbers than what the marketplace is, even though, mm-hmm. well, the Phoenix game could have landed eight, but it didn't. But it will enough enough of the time that um, if you could lay seven or you could take nine, you're going to win a whole lot of money making bets. And like you that. got an added bonus that if Golden State happens to win the game by six or seven, you middle and you win both. Exactly. That's, that's always a good scenario here. AJ, I think you and I are in agreement. Like, we both like Golden State at the original number. I think we both love Golden State at this number because I think there is an absolute overreaction to Draymond Green. And frankly, as important as he is for, you know, rebounds and some defense, he is maybe the – I don't I don't, I don't think he's that important to them winning this game. Yeah, the question becomes – because you obviously are already playing more minutes than you'd like on Steph Curry, more minutes than you'd probably like on Andrew Wiggins coming back from injury or, or from being gone. I shouldn't say injury, but those guys played 37 and what 32 or something like that, or 37 and 28 in game one. And, and even more than that in game <laughs> two, like at some point you, you run out of bodies and right now, golden state's depth is not a a strength. And so having Draymond gone, whatever he provides, and he does provide some, it's not like he's a bum, mm-hmm. but you've got to have someone to pick up those minutes. He played 31 minutes. I get it. Did, did those minutes go to... Wiggins? I mean, well, he's already playing 39. Yeah. Yeah. Looney? So, I mean, Looney's playing uh, 23 minutes. He probably has to play more minutes for certain. Is Weissman on, still on the team? No. But <laughs> it's probably Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. So whatever you yes. think Draymond Green is, like, now well, his minutes a, go it, to Jonathan Kaminga. Well, I think Gary Payton Jr. Then you, But then you're basically readjusting your entire philosophy and you're going super small. Like, you're you're putting four guards on the floor with Looney. Is what you're doing, and and that's and when Looney can't play thirty minutes, now you're putting four guards on the floor with and playing who at a big either Kaminga or, or Wiggins, mm-hmm. like that's not ideal either. So mm-hmm. it, it does sting, but I do believe I I was contemplating betting on the Warriors at seven and a half. Yeah, I got a piece of five last night, and I'm very happy with it. I think I, you should be. I think the Warrior. I think the Warriors win. It's desperation mode. You know the history of the NBA playoffs. No team's ever come back from down 3-0. They're at home. 
They're going to have the crowd. They're at home where they don't lose games. We know that, right? They have well, it's the system play. It's the system play. You bet against them on the road. You bet on them at home. Plus, it's it's going to be eight against five, right? I mean, you're going to have the refs rooting for you also. I think you're going to – all the NBA – the NBA wants games – what is it? What, I went up through the schedule. A game – a projected game six is Friday night. A projected game seven, Sunday afternoon. Sunday. That The NBA would certainly love to have those two games. Game six and game seven. And do you but, think they want? And do you think they want Sacramento or I don't Golden think, State? I don't think. It, well, of course they want Golden State, but I don't think it matters as long as this series goes to six or seven. Oh, I think it matters. Yeah, like, I, as I, long they, as, they certainly uh, have. A, is Phoenix advance have a preference? Yeah. There's been a strong history of Sacramento not getting the, the their fair share of the calls as these series have gotten deeper against teams like the Lakers. Yeah, I would imagine in the Western Conference, there's a lot of we want Suns. We want Lakers. We want Warriors. You guys do whatever else you want in that Nuggets uh, T Wolves series. Stearns, former commissioner's uh, famous line Ideally, who would you like to see in the finals? He responded, Every year, the Lakers versus the Lakers. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, the Lakers versus the Celtics would back in the day was always ideal. But yeah, you're right. But even everybody in Iowa and Chicago. And North Carolina, there's something about seeing L.A. and beat or beat L.A. and and seeing the beach and the Santa Monica Ferris wheel there. It's like it, it just appeals. Yeah, and, and there's I mean in the Eastern Conference, it looks like most of these teams are going to take care of business. But if you if if the NBA had their druthers, you think they'd rather see Cleveland or the Knicks advance? Like of mm-hmm. course they'd rather see the the NBA would love for the Knicks to be good mm-hmm. and never going to be good. How they, is Obi top and not a star in the NBA? Like he's, he's single, not very good. He single-handedly made Dayton a number one seed. Yeah, that's college basketball. It's, it's a lot. It's a different world. It doesn't make any sense. He yeah. like he like dunked against St. Louis. Like like in in a game, he made a dunk that would have won the slam dunk contest. <laughs> yeah. Well, he he didn't win the slam dunk NBA contest. NBA a little tougher than the Atlantic Ten. It turns out. I, yeah, I don't know how. Apparently so. Uh, so I, I think the Warriors are the play here, and I I think getting them in a better number because a market overreaction. Uh, absolutely, I think is the way to go. Is the way to go. Well, let's rewind a little bit to tonight's games. That's a Thursday game. And speaking of overreactions, while we've got Fez here, let's talk about this Lakers Grizzly game. And it looks like now we're starting to see a little bit of pushback. It's the lines hovering around Pickham again, but there was a while where the the Lakers were favored on the road at Memphis. The assumption is John Morant's not going to play in this game. I I don't want to say it's a hundred percent. I'd say it's probably, what, 80%, 90% that Ja doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if, if he plays, it'll be ineffective. But the bottom line, the math is Memphis was laying four game one. Mm-hmm. So then we zigzag it. Now the home team loses. The, the, the favorite home team, make them five game two. Uh, like Cleveland went up from five to six against New York despite playing lousy. All right, so we make Memphis five. Okay, Ja's out. Boom. Let's knock it down three points. Memphis should be minus two. You know what? Maybe the Lakers are a whole lot better than we thought. All right, make Memphis minus one. We still make Memphis the minus, not the plus. Yeah. So, in your opinion, there's if even if it's a if it's a pick'em, you think there's value on the Grizzlies? Yes. Although your value is getting slim at at pick'em, it's probably not there at minus one, but at plus one, you know those ones can hit. You know, it's they, they all add up. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance that more public money comes in on the Lakers as we get closer to tip tonight, and this line goes to one and a half or or two? Yes, I think there's going to be more money on the Lakers, but it, all it takes is one betting syndicate to say, "All right, let's go," mm-hmm. and and they bet a hundred thousand, and then the the line w- most certainly will move. By the way, that happened in the uh, Golden State Sacramento game. I don't know if you saw this right before tip off in Game Two, the Lakers uh, Golden State went up to minus two and a half. Yeah, and then boom. Big power move five minutes before tip. Tons of Sacramento money. Sacramento down to one and a half. So, so basically, what 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 some syndicate or syndicate said it's go time. We'll take all the Sacramento plus two or or two and a half. You can get us, but Not that's just two the thing. and a half, but the, the, two. Then maybe that's what could happen tonight. Is that group is waiting until a Memphis one and a half hits the board. They fire on it. This game closes they, as a pick'em. They fire on what? Memphis. Yeah, they're going to fire in Memphis. Yeah, they, they, but they're waiting until they get a Memphis one and a half. They're, they're or they're, something. They're going to panic fire. They're going to see that it's not going to. Ha- it's not happening, and, and and it's game of chicken. There's, I, I assure you, there's several syndicates probably out there that like Memphis, and it's whichever one wants to take the Memphis out at plus one and or or pick them before the other group or groups does. Okay, let's talk about uh, another game in the Eastern Conference this time. That's had. Oh, oh I'm sorry. This is real important. Oh, okay. 
there's going to be a window of opportunity where across the screen, Scott's going to say, John Morant is, is reported out, and the B team is going to be like, oh, quick, bet the Lakers, bet the Lakers, Morant is out. Obviously, it's, all, well, it's already we already know he's out, but the B team doesn't know that because they're betting baseball and they're betting XFL and they're betting everything. And so the dumb-dumb bettors will bet the Lakers, not realizing that the number – so you may get a window of opportunity – the five minutes after Miranda is, is ruled out, that the line will move to back to Lakers favored to fire on Memphis again. Okay, well that makes some sense. All right, let's look at the Bucks Heat. Talk about how that lines moved throughout the day. Yeah, so it was eight to eight and a half, and then Giannis got downgraded from questionable to doubtful. Mm-hmm. Boom, two point move all at once. So went went down to six and a half, and. You know, I, what was interesting about that game is I went back to game one. You know, Miami made 15 out of 25 threes. And so I'm going to use an analogy. Remember in game one, Philly, every, both teams shot, especially Philly, so well from three. And then game two went way under. I could really see this game going under that um, Atlanta does, that, that, that uh, Miami doesn't make their threes. And Milwaukee struggles on offense. I, I, compared to how they'd be with Giannis, I could see under game two. And obviously the uh, the late game, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Nuggets minus eight. Uh, it seems like this is the series where the one series maybe in the West where there's no question about who's the better team. It's a matter of are they going to be able to get that kind of margin? Yes. And, you know, Denver wasn't that impressive in their own. I think they I mean, for one seed, they only outscored their opponents by a little more than three points per game. I kind of think you should bet Minnesota. But then again, having just watched Philly and Boston just dismantle their 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 undermanned opponents, it's kind of hard to get to, right? Yeah, no doubt. And and especially, I don't want any part of Minnesota who's got. I think the worst thing you can have, is, or the worst situation you'd be in, is if you've got a star player who is in his first playoffs, young, hasn't experienced it yet. It feels like those guys never win. Like, it, and that's Anthony Edwards. Like, Anthony Edwards isn't a grizzled playoff veteran. And I, do I think one day Anthony Edwards is going to be a really, really good player? Yep. Right now, I don't want to back a team where their best player is, is a kid. Mm. And it, it feels like that's what you're, what you're doing if you're back in Minnesota. Minnesota's underperformed all year long. Season win number, if you recall, was 48. And here's a team that played 500 ball the entire year. So they've just been underachievers. Um, you know, all year long. All right. So with all that, what are, Scott, what are the latest numbers, the updated numbers on the futures odds for the NBA title? Uh, for the NBA title, Celtics are your favorite, plus 260. Bucks are plus 340. The Suns, plus 475. Sixers, plus 800. I think it's interesting. The Warriors are 15 to 1. The Kings are 28 to 1. Even though the Kings <laughs> the are lead. two mm. games to none and staring at the potential of being up three games to none. And in the Western Conference, the Warriors are plus 650, the Kings are plus 850. Yet wow. one team is up 2-0, the other team is down 2-0. I don't know that I can think of a more disrespected division winner than I than the Kings. Like, imagine being up 2-0, favored to win your series, and people are still like, well, the only precedent no, trash. the only precedent I can think of is a team that comes out of nowhere. Remember, the Kings weren't supposed to be anything this year was, of course, the Phoenix team two years ago that went to yeah. the NBA Finals and almost won it. But it sure seems like those teams never, you know, wind up without the playoff experience. Even when they have a fine year, they never get there. Um, and, you know, there's for years like the Atlanta Hawks would have a great regular season record. Chicago Bulls, same thing. And then they'd fall on their face. I just said when it comes to the Western Conference this year, and it feels like, I mean, you said this the other day, Seven teams could win it. It wouldn't shock you. Yeah, Minnesota's not winning it, and anybody else, if the if the if they stay healthy and the ball bounces right, they could. And you said that before the series started with Golden State, and I I agreed with you. I, I mm-hmm. think like to write off Sacramento, who won the best division in basketball, like and just say they've got no chance. I think is silly. Uh, so the fact that they're here, don't the Celtics have the best division? I, I don't think so. No. The Pacific Division is mm-hmm. like, I mean, damn near every good team plays in the Pacific Division. Divisions even matter anymore? No, you don't but get anything by winning your division. So, like, the Clippers nothing. and the Lakers are like 500 teams, right? <laughs> you're yeah. right. You're right. Power rating wise. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you're right. Divisions don't matter much, but I mean, every team in the Pacific Division is in the playoffs. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> that's, when, that's, when that's the majority you're of your right. schedule, you're right. And they won it. 
You know, was, was it a? They won it by a lot. Yeah, but they were they had the same division record as the Suns and the Clippers at nine and seven. Like, so McKenzie he gave a best bet uh, either last week or the week before, or maybe two weeks ago, and it was the Pacific Division to win the NBA title. Mm. Yeah, and it's an incredible bet. He was like, I've got the Suns, I've got the Clippers, I've got the Warriors and the Lakers, and I was like. We also have the Kings, the team who won the division. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot uh, that I've got now, the Kings. Now, all right, that was the now, stupidest now, thing ever what, said. Now I'll the, say something stupid. The fact that's is right there. You, have, you have all five teams in the Pacific are in the playoffs. The problem is is that two of them will be eliminated because they're playing each other. Yeah. You know, Suns and Clippers, one of them will be eliminated, the Clippers. Warriors and Kings, one of them will be eliminated. So, yeah. So, um that's 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 the problem with yeah. you know yeah, they, them representing the entire Western Conference. But I would agree with that because if you look at like I mentioned the the title odds, the Suns are the the best Western Conference odds, then the Nuggets, but then the Lakers, yeah, and then Warriors Kings, yeah. I mean, I think that speak well. The the Warriors are down two zero, which makes yeah. sense for them to be uh, down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Lakers, as we record this, are up one zero. Mm-hmm. You know, by the end of the night, who knows? But that may, those numbers make sense to me right now. You know, the East is very interesting in that. Doesn't it feel like Boston and Philly are heading for a showdown? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Although, listen, I, I and I've been saying Philly, like we've got to stop counting this Philly team out. And I thought Philly was very disrespected pre-flop like the fact that the bucks and the and the uh the celtics were like plus 300 plus 350 and then it was like celtics mm-hmm. pl- plus what was it 1100 or something now the it's path like, doesn't look so difficult no um, and the fact you know what if you got to beat the celtics and, and you're a philly team that gets injured oftentimes why not get them in the second round instead of the third not not the worst case scenario no and and i, I still think uh the cavaliers it, it I think I'm in the minority, but it wouldn't shock me if the Cavaliers were, were able to give somebody a scare. Like, I, I think that's a pretty good team. It's a pretty balanced team. Uh, and Oh, I, they could easily make the, make these Eastern finals. I, I, think yeah. they could, I think they could win the East. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, it's certainly it's, a long it's, shot. It, it, it's a long shot, but it's, po- it's, it's possible. And, and, and I got to tell you, I had, obviously you guys know I had a big bet on, on Cleveland. It's always easy to pass post, but I did come on like every single show I did and talk about how much I, I love yes. Cleveland. So, including you know, when my, I'm a Ross Tucker podcast. We never do this, and I was like, you know, we we did a clip on it. I just can't for the life of me. I saw these content providers, you know, saying that they like the Knicks, and uh, you you got the better team at home that loses game one. This is McKenzie's trend, sixty mm-hmm. percent back yeah. in them, and and Cleveland clearly is the better team. And they lose at home game one, and now all of a sudden, oh, Julius Randle's 100%, blah, blah, blah. Cleveland was the better team all year long. It was a great spot. Yep. And I wish I'd bet more, but I I did bet a lot. Yes. Well, Fez, thank you for hanging with us, discussing some NBA and uh, giving the audience a little insight into what went down when you started firing bets on game three for Thursday between the Kings and the Warriors. And like I said, we're going to do, to summarize, we're going to do the opposite. As soon as Moran is ruled out, we're going to look to play Memphis. We're going to hope that the screen moves, and then we're going to grab Memphis again, plus the points, which I anticipate will happen for a small window of opportunity. All right, there you go. Steve Fezzik, he knows the angles. That's how you do it, baby. You know what I think is interesting is that every winner of the NBA playoffs so far, or every winner of these games, has covered the spread. We have not yet have have had an underdog that has lost the game but has stayed within the number. And last night, three favorites, all three covered, blowout wins, Celtics blow out the Hawks, the Cavs blow out the Knicks, the Suns blow out the Clippers. So all three of those favorites covered. When a dog has covered, they've just won the game outright, yep. like the Knicks winning game one or, you know, the the the, the Kings. Kings, exactly. So when do we think it's going to happen? Or is it going to happen? Like, eventually, the odds say it will, right? Some underdog is going to stay within the number. I, I think we can throw out Lakers, Grizzlies tonight because if we call it it's a, a, it, right a pick or a one point, whatever. It's a, whatever's going to be pushed. Heat bucks. Can the Heat lose this game but stay within the number? Sure. Especially, like, I think with Giannis, mm-hmm. uh, the questions around him, I think there's more variance in this game than there is typically, right? Yeah. So, it, like, would you say the Bucks can't beat the Heat without Giannis? I wouldn't say that. But I could certainly see a game closer than we expect. 
part of me just thinks that if the Heat cover, they're going to win the game. Like it's it's yeah. that's and maybe that I'm just. I think you're, it's the recency of yeah. what, how it's happening. Yeah. It what about sense. the Tim, Timberwolves Nuggets? I, I if the Timberwolves. Uh, if the Timberwolves are in the game, I think that they they probably end up winning it. Like that's the thing. If yeah. The, if the Nuggets beat beat them, I think they beat them. It's handily. almost if if you like an underdog, just play it on the money line. I'm not saying that that's the smart way to go. Obviously, if you get a good number where it, that's like, like Fez says, that's not widely available in the market. You beat the line closing line, then yeah, take the plus eight on the Timberwolves. Uh, but I, j- I looking at all of these games, no underdog has stayed within the number. They have either won the game outright. Or the favorite has covered. And you would think the most likely times it would happen is if you've got, like, a uh, a big dog. like Yeah, like the Clippers last night. Yeah. You'd think when you've got... You and I were both on the Clippers. We talked about this. Yeah. We, uh, playoff got Kawhi. Eh, they get in there. No, didn't get in there. Well, they got blown out in the fourth quarter. You know, they, they We thought they had a chance. This was a tie game at halftime. Yeah. And credit the Suns for coming back at the end of the first half, too. Devin Booker hit the three Sorry. at the end of the first half that tied it. Double-digit lead for the, yeah. for the Clippers early yeah. in that game. Yep. Yeah, frustrating. But, um, but yeah, it's probably going to be one of these games where uh, the, either the Celtics or the Sixers are huge favorites, and they win, but they just don't win by 20. Mm-hmm. You know, they win by... 11 when the when the spread's 13 something like that yeah and maybe you know maybe it's this yeah you're right it's gonna have to be a large spread like and i don't know when the next large spread is gonna be we have eight tonight for the nuggets well, because the now the the series are, are flipping. flipped so that, yeah so even like the sixers who have been would you agree the most dominant team well them are the celtics the, celtics the, yeah but the the Sixers are only four and a half point favorites yeah. on the road. So. Same thing, and the Celtics are a five point favorite in Game Three on Friday. Yeah. So it's not going to be you're not going to have that big number until or like until one of these dogs, either the Nets or the Hawks, wins a game and steals a game, or well, not steal, but they win a game on their home floor. And then the goes series back. goes back, and then Game Five, the Celtics will be double digit favorites, or the the Nets will be double digit favorites. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The dogs were barking in the Stanley Cup playoffs last night, AJ, as all four road teams 
win as underdogs. Rangers beating the Devils 5-1. Lightning over the Maple Leafs 7-3. Jets over the Golden Knights 5-1. Kraken beat the Avalanche 3-1. So all all four dogs winning outright, and uh, they were all the four road teams. Again, if this happened in the NBA, we'd all be shocked. Yeah. This is, in, in the NHL, this is just kind of a regular deal. Yeah, and and Rangers were a pick that I kind of gave it out on the show. Uh, on pregame.com, I gave out the under, which I got burned. I mean, you pushed if you got six, if you got five and a half, it's a, it's a bad beat. Rangers were up 4 nothing in control of the entire game, and uh, there was a penalty shot awarded to Jack Hughes with about two minutes left in the game. He scores the penalty shot on Igor Shesterkin, and then because they were down four to one, not four to nothing, they pull their goaltender. Rangers put it in the empty oh. net, five to one. Um, the Lightning, man, they took the crowd out of that game at Scotia Bank early because the Toronto crowd was just they were they were they were there in full force, and it was loud. As soon as the game started, literally a minute into the game, minute 18, Tampa Bay scores. And just like that, you take the crowd out of it. They go on to win big 7-3. Jets and Golden Knights was a scoreless game after the first period. Winnipeg then with the big second period. They go up 2-1 going to the third, and Vegas just could not come back in the third period. Jets had a couple more to win. And the Kraken and Avalanche, the first uh, playoff win, in Seattle Kraken history, congratulations. Mm-hmm. And this one was all about Philip Grubauer. 34 saves uh, for the um, Kraken. I believe that's a season high for him, 34 saves. Uh, maybe not the season high, 34 saves, but I think his save percentage, because he did have 38 saves one time. Uh, but as far as his save percentage, that might have been the highest of the season for him at 971. So the best save percentage that he's had in any game this season. He had a shutout all year? What's wrong with this guy? He didn't have a shutout all year? What a bum. No? Yeah, I mean, what kind of goaltender are you? Uh, but the Do best. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Igor Shesterkin pretty much had a shutout last night. It was just the, the penalty shot that went in. Oh, yeah. That doesn't count. Like, it's like a, it's like a free throw. Sure. You're, I mean, you're supposed to score on a penalty shot. That's why it's a, that's why it's a big deal, right? You need, a, you need a fat goalie. Yeah, just just sit there and clog up the whole net. Squeeze in there, and yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the Mighty Ducks thought by you know, having Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. but then, then he that was girl just, was better. He was slow. Oh, Julia Cat was she was quicker. Well, you know she has the faster glove, but Goldberg had the better stick. Did he? Well, that's what he said. Yeah. But then he tried to fatten her up by giving her donuts and stuff to slow her down. I think when he said he had the better stick, he was just trying to hook up. She wouldn't go for him though. She was all about Scooter, the yeah, goaltender for the true. for the varsity team. That's true. Who happened to be Gunnar Stahl from the second movie on the Iceland team? True story. Same actor. Ugh, Same actor played Gunnar Stahl in D2 as the star player for Iceland, and then Scooter, the goaltending, the goaltender for the varsity team at Eden Hall in Ducks 3. Same that's, actor. That's just lazy. Yeah. Well, it's reasonable. He transferred. It was like a, an exchange student. Transferred, became goes American. Goes to Minnesota, becomes American, changes his name, <laughs> right? Changes his haircut, and, and then, you know, tries to hit on Julie the Cat. Uh, so let's take a look at what we have on the schedule tonight. Islanders and Hurricanes will play game two of their series. Carolina winning 2-1 in game one. Same thing as game one. I like the under. These are two of the best under teams in hockey. It was a struggle to score goals in that game one. And I think you're going to see much of the same here in game two. Panthers, It's it, this is, um, I don't want to call it a desperation spot because even if you go down 2-0, you can come back, especially because you'll, you'll have games three and four on home ice. But it feels like when you're playing a team as good as the Bruins, who plays defense as good as the Bruins, who doesn't lose like the Bruins do, you really can't go down 2-0. Yeah. You can't go down two games. So I would expect to see the best effort that you're going to get from the Panthers in this series tonight in Boston. Boston minus 240. Carolina, by the way, minus 178. Wild and the Stars after a double overtime game. Minnesota leading one game to none. Dallas is minus 155 trying to even up that series. Total 5.5. Same thing as I liked in game one. I like the under again. These are two incredibly, uh, you know, really good defensive teams, and they're coming off a double overtime game. I was going to say, the fact that they played double overtime, it feels like they're they're clearly very well matched, Yeah, which makes you like an yep, under. Absolutely. Uh, and then the Kings and the Oilers, boy, Edmonton has to win this game. 
that crowd was ready to turn on them, and they did. They were booing. They were throwing things on the ice at the end. They gave up the game-tying goal with 14 seconds left. They lose in overtime. This is a team that was like the third favorite to win the Stanley Cup. The expectations, not just of a city, but on a nation uh, on their shoulders, they got to win this game at home. You cannot lose both games at home to start this series. And the market is believing that's the case as well as Edmonton is minus 225 Ooh. in this game tonight. Big number. It's kind of like the, uh, I mean, it's kind of like my thought with the, the Clippers last night. Yeah. It's like, once you show you can do it, mm-hmm. and of course, I ended up being wrong. I was like, Clippers showed they could hang with this team. I'm going to take the eight points. Maybe that's the thought there is, you know, they showed they can beat with that team. Like, the Kings are in this thing. I just, there has to be a response here from from the Oilers. And then, didn't McKenzie give us numbers on if you're the favorite and lose game one, but your favorite yep. again in game two? Uh, what's your record in, in the NBA? It was a fantastic record. It was like 59%. Um, in the NHL, It's it was, it, it was like kind of the same, right? If you were a favorite in game one and then lost, and then you're a favorite again in game two. So, yeah, I think I think the Oilers bounce back. What'd you think of the two doubleheaders we had yesterday in baseball? I didn't watch either of them. Oh, well, good for you. I heard that they, like, the, the Guardians-Tigers doubleheader mm-hmm. lasted four hours. That's amazing. Yeah, the first, uh, the the Edward, the second game, the Eduardo Rodriguez uh, gem of a game was like an hour and ninety, uh, and it was like it, it was less than two hours. That's awesome. Yeah, less than two hours. He threw uh, one hit, to, uh, not one, one run uh, allowed by Cleveland. Detroit wins one to nothing. Eduardo Rodriguez throws eight innings, four hits, ten strikeouts. Here's what we did learn: game two unders, not a sweat. Game two under. One nothing, no sweat at all. There was only nine hits combined in that game. Game two under Phillies and White Sox, three nothing, no sweat, only four combined hits in that game. Doubleheaders screw with these guys' body clocks, man. And especially in Major League Baseball, you're a creature of habit. We all know professional athletes are creatures of habit, but especially in 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 Major League Baseball, the time that you show up to the ballpark, your pregame routines, the way that you warm up, it, it changes everything in a doubleheader especially when you have to show up to the ballpark earlier than you were planning on doing. So I think game two unders the way to go here for doubleheaders moving forward. And, yes, the Tigers did sweep the doubleheader. The Phillies and White Sox split. Game one went to the Phillies. Game two went to the White Sox. Elsewhere, the Tampa Bay Rays got their groove back. You think? 10 nothing. Nick win over, over the Reds, 17 hits for Tampa. And, yeah, Nick Lodolo, I strike out everybody, only had four strikeouts. He gave up more home runs than than, than, than he had strikeouts, three I mean, home runs allowed. Yeah, he got touched more today than he had all season to this point. So this was a, a, a welcome to the big time, son. I, I tweeted something out last night um, that it it I said this a, a positive regression day or – I shouldn't have said positive. I just basically mean regression day in Major League Baseball. Now, what what do I mean by that? Everybody did not play to their stats. Like, in Major League Baseball, the whole thing is, like, players will eventually play to the back of their baseball card. Yeah. So if a guy has this type of career numbers or this type of season numbers and he's underperforming, he'll eventually come back and perform. If he's overperforming, he'll eventually regress back. Nick Lodolo was, you know, I guess overperforming. And guess what? He came back down to earth last night. Chris Sale, drastically underperforming, showed positive regression as he struck out 11 batters, throwing six innings, three hits, one run, as the uh, Red Sox beat the Twins in walk-off fashion in 10 innings, 5-4. to You also had major bounce-back performance from... Ken Waldichuk, who I'm not going to say Waldichuk anymore. Waldichuk goes five shutout innings against the Cubs. These are guys like in Waldichuk and in in Sale that had double-digit ERAs coming into this game, coming into these games. And like, Lodolo, who barely and Lodolo, had an ERA. Who barely, exactly, who barely had an ERA. Um, it, it, it just felt like a day where guys kind of either came back down to earth or – 
were performing much better than their, um, you know, than what their numbers uh, indicate. How about Shohei Otani, who homered in the Angels' 5-2 win over the Yankees? I believe it was exactly 100 years to the day. He wasn't alive. That Babe Ruth homered in, oh, no, it was the 100th anniversary of the original Yankee Stadium. That's what it was. And so uh, Babe homered. Off of Rich Hill. On on the, I guess, the open opening day of Yankee Stadium, April 18th, 1923. That's when the original Yankee Stadium opened. And Babe Ruth had a three-run home run in that game. And so Otani, who, similar to Babe Ruth, two-way player, pitcher, and hitter. Much better pitcher, though. Yeah, Babe Ruth put up incredible pitching numbers in Boston. Yeah, but... Yeah. And then he got sold to the Yankees. Yeah. Uh, and Otani did homer. Uh, Angels beat the Yankees 5-2. Uh, elsewhere, we had the Braves beat the Padres 8-1. Spencer Strider, <laughs> he improves to 2-0 on the year. He threw six innings, did not allow a run, only one hit allowed. AJ, how many strikeouts do you think Spencer Strider finished the game with? Nine. Exactly nine. He has now pitched four games this season and has struck out exactly nine in all four games. They keep putting up nine and a half. If they keep putting up nine and a half, you keep betting the unders because he only gets nine strikeouts. That's it. It's amazing. It really Defense is. has to do some work. <laughs> nine strikeouts. Like, what are the odds? It's just incredible. Uh, let's take a look at what we have today because there are some system plays and there also are some plays that I think warrant uh, a system look. So there are three system plays on the board today. That's the getaway day sweep avoidance system. So a team looking to avoid the sweep in a day game when the team going for the sweep has to play a game in another city the following day. The first one is the Cardinals at home against the Diamondbacks. St. Louis is looking to avoid the sweep. It is uh, Madison Bumgarner on the hill. For Arizona, Jake Woodford goes for St. Louis. The Diamondbacks will have to get out of St. Louis and then travel home to play the Padres on Thursday. That is your first getaway day system. Second game, Colorado looking to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Pirates. It'll be Austin Gomber pitching for uh, uh, Colorado. Johan Oviedo going for Pittsburgh. The Pirates will have to get out of Colorado travel home to play the Reds on Thursday. And your third you system play. back in the Rockies? I might be. Oof. And your third system play, the Oakland A's looking to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Cubs. You got to hold your nose for these. While the Cubbies have to travel home to play the Dodgers on Thursday. I always say you got to be selective when it comes to the system. There's no such thing as a blind bet. But be selective. That being said, maybe an A's plus a run and a half instead of betting on the A's to win. And starting, I actually made a bet on the uh, the A's under last night. Well, I was going to say Mason Miller exactly starting for the A's is Mason Miller, a guy who uh, you saw perform pretty well recently. Yeah. Uh, five innings pitched, eleven strikeouts here in a Triple A game for the Aviators. Mm. Good at sports, this Mason Miller. Uh, and the Cubs aren't exactly lighting it up either. And the A's, the A's uh, offense is just pathetic. Yeah. Like, they're not scoring anything. So, mm-hmm. I played under eight and a half last night. I, I, I think that's a strong play. And Justin Steele has been fantastic for the Cubs. So, I actually like that a lot, that under. Uh, there are a couple other day games that I would target unders in. The Guardians and Tigers, total of eight and a half. And the Phillies White Sox, total of eight and a half as well. Not because of the pitching matchups, but because both of these games are the teams that are coming off the doubleheaders yesterday. And I think doubleheaders weigh on players, uh, messes with the schedule. I think there's fatigue. I think guys could get days off. And so I like the day after a doubleheader to be fades. So I would go the unders in both of those games. Elsewhere on the board, you got the Rays at the Reds. Drew Rasmussen uh, will go oppose Levi Stout. 
who is getting the start in his uh, debut here for Cincinnati. Do you, did the Rays show you everything's fixed? The offense is good. They, you know, they they, they had a bad performance the day before, but look, they look pretty good to me. Like you do that to Lodolo, it, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's hard to argue. Minus two twenty five Tampa. Uh, Giants are at the Marlins. The Giants are looking to avoid the sweep. It's just not a system. It's not a system play because the Marlins, Mar- well, the Marlins don't play any. Uh, don't go anywhere. Um, Alex Cobb against Trevor Rogers. This is an even spread here. Rangers are at the Royals. Same thing. I believe the uh, Ro- Rangers are going for the sweep, but no system. Uh, don't think the Rangers play tomorrow on Thursday. They don't. So there's no uh, system play there. But Martin Perez against Brady Singer. Kansas City's minus 115. I don't get it. I think Brady Singer in general is like the it's the one time through the rotation where it feels like the Royals have some hope. Brady Singer gave up eight runs on yeah. ten hits and five innings his last time out against Atlanta. He's got a seven point eight eight ERA. But coming into the season, he was considered th- their best guy. Like if if they were ever going to have a chance, it's got to be with him, right? Martin Perez was one of the best pitchers in baseball last year, and all he's done this year is perform pretty well. He's got a two eight seven ERA through three starts. I, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. I don't know why the Rangers are dogs here in Kansas City. Maybe it's the system. They're buying in on the system. Mets are minus one thirty in LA against the Dodgers. When are you going to see the Dodgers as home dogs? I think like the Dodgers this year, the market's not respecting the Dodgers the way or the Astros. I've seen that I've seen this with both those teams. Teams that were almost never dogs last year mm-hmm. have been dogs multiple times early this season. This is a play. I'm going to look at the first five under here. So you got Max Scherzer on the mound for the Mets and former Mets, maybe ace, Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. I mean, unless you count like temporary the, ace. But but I guess like back then it was like Harvey also, you know, yeah. it's Harvey Syndergaard was kind of Mots. and Wheeler. Yeah. Well, no, Mats. before Mets, you know, so it was it, it was Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard were yeah. really the guys. Boy, man, what, the, the, the what happened to Harvey? Was incredible. Like, what happened the, to that guy? Uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, what he happened never, to him? He never rose again. Uh, my, I can't believe they gave that guy the Dark Knight. gave him the nickname the Dark Knight. Anyway, uh, so Syndergaard, I think, will give his best effort here against the Mets. And I think Scherzer's former Dodger is going to do uh, what he's, you know, he's no, you know, you know he's comfortable on that mound because yep. he's pitched very well on that mound. So I think you get a great effort from Scherzer. I think you'll get the best effort from Syndergaard that you'll see. And I like under in the first five innings between the Mets and the Dodgers. Plus also day game at Dodger Stadium. It's a noon Pacific time start. Sun might be shining a little bit. Shadows might come into play. I don't know. You know, just going to be uh, just feels like an under type day game situation as both the Mets and Dodgers just want this one to be over with. So uh, the Dodgers have to travel to Chicago. The Mets have to travel to San Francisco. It's kind of like one of those handshake agreements. Let's end this game. Let's in get an out of here. Let's end this game in an hour and 50 minutes and get on the plane. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you got the uh, Brewers at the Mariners. Marco Gonzalez at home for Seattle. Eric Lauer goes for the Brewers. Seattle is minus 130. And this is uh, Seattle looking to avoid a sweep here at home. But no system. Brewers, nothing going on here on Thursday. Braves and Padres. Charlie Morton. Nick Martinez. Atlanta minus 120. This is Atlanta going for the sweep as well. So you got the Padres looking to avoid the sweep at the hands of the Braves. Then you have the Angels and the Yankees, game two of their series, Griffin Canning against uh, Johnny Brito, who did not look good in his last start against the Twins. Johnny Brito looked like a guy who wasn't supposed to be in the starting rotation for the Yankees before the season started. The guy, listen, through his first 10 innings, only allowed one run and five hits. And then he What's allowed, the truth? Then he allowed seven runs on six hits in two-thirds of an inning. What is the truth? Exactly. Who, who is Johnny Brito? Yankees minus 135 here. Orioles take on the Nationals. Mackenzie Gore will go for the Nationals. No announced starting pitcher yet for the Orioles. Twins and the Red Sox. Joe Ryan against Corey Kluber. Minnesota minus 134. I know you like Joe Ryan. I do like Joe Ryan. Yeah, I think he's solid. And Corey Kluber, one of those guys, a fallen ace, yeah. if you will. A guy whose name name brand is going to get some money mm. on him. Uh, I think there, you may have an edge there with the Twins, although I thought that yesterday, too. And for the first time, Painful. for the first time in this three-game series, the Astros are favored at home against the Blue Jays. 
It's about time, right? It's about time. Uh, Jose Barrios goes for the Blue Jays uh, against Luis Garcia for the Astros. We back in the Strohs here as home favorites? I don't know. I said last time Barrios pitched. I was like, how can you possibly bet on Jose Barrios? And then he went out and they, they got a win. So, against uh, the Rays. Against the Rays. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he just got amped up Not against in a hurry. the Rays. And, and maybe that's it. But well, don't you get amped up against these Strohs too? I guess so. Yeah. Some batters might be hit. That's what's going on here in Major League Baseball. Here's what you got to do, though. You have to go to pregame.com, and you have to get yourself. Here's what we want you to do. I think the best way to take advantage of all the offers we have at pregame.com is to look for like a 30-day all-access. Because with all these sports going on right now at the same time, baseball, basketball, hockey, you don't have to isolate yourself to just one sport. You can get every pick from the pregame pro of your choice by doing a 30-day all-access or a seven-day all-access, whatever you'd like to do. That's just my opinion, though. Frankly, you spend your money how you want to spend your money and just take 20% off anything you want, but... Get the bang for your buck, guys. So here's what you can do. Go to pregame.com. Take 20% off. Use our promo code. Here's the code. WiseGuy20. Because all the wise guys Yeah. at pregame.com. One, one word, no no space. One word. WiseGuy. W-I-S-E-G-U-Y 20. WiseGuy20 is going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. You can get a weekend or all access if you want. Seven-day all access, 30-day all access, or get a daily best bet. Head to the website, become a member. If you're not a member already, signing up is free. And when you sign up, you get a free $25 to spend at pregame.com. That's pretty cool. Now you can take your free $25, and then you can also take 20% off. It's like you're spending no money, right? So do that. Go to pregame.com, and uh, I promise you will not be disappointed. For Mackenzie Rivers, A.J. Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg, the whole crew here at Pregame.com. Yes, that means R.J. Bell as well. We are straight out of Vegas AM.